2: listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 I'm Neil Manthorpe and over the next hour I'll be joined as always by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison to look back at the first round of the county championship we'll discuss the big wins for Hampshire and Somerset pick out the standout performances of the week as 19 different batsmen hit centuries and we're also joined by Glamorgan's Billy Root and the evergreen Darren Stevens who at 44 almost 45 is continuing to impress for Kent so much to discuss. We'll also uh, be talking about the format of uh, this year's championship. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, homie, there were a lot of highlights, four or five wicket halls, 1900s. Um, but the biggest highlight for me is that there were so many highlights with the championship <laughs> beginning in the second week of April. Uh, I think a lot of people were pretty pessimistic about the weather. But do you know what? it? The whole thing went down really well.
3: Absolutely, manners. Yeah, I thought it did. I thought there was some, you know, looking at, especially looking at the stream. You know, I watched I watched a little bit of, of of different games, which is which was shown now. You can get on the internet, which was fantastic for me. Fair play to ECB, brilliant innovation that, so you can see what's going on. Um, watch your your favourite team, watch your favourite players, and they didn't disappoint, especially with the bat. Speaking from experience, former fast bowler. Disappointed with some of the bowling, if I'm brutally honest. I was actually disappointed with some of the conditions of the of the of the bowlers as well, because there were some big lads knocking it down, which to, looking in the COVID world now. I'd, I'd say you know, getting Miles in the legs was pretty difficult, and I think you could see that. But fair play, some fantastic batting. interesting. I was it group group one and group three, all three matches in each group drawn. Group two seems to be the business group. All three matches were a result. Fantastic result for Gloucester. Fair play. Well done to Gloucester to beat the big boys of Surrey. Now, that was it. That was, even though Ben folk got a, a magnificent hundred, you know, it's a, a massive win for Gloucester. Great, great result for Hampshire. Good start for James Vince. I'll leave that one for this for the minute. James Vince, 231. It was a, it was a fantastic score. Um, and Somerset winning by four wickets in and in a nail-biter at, at, um, at Middlesex. So for me, that seems to be the business group. There seemed to be more there was obviously more results in that group. But all in all, some fantastic cricket, especially from the batters.
2: I'm not going to let you get away with that. I'm not going to let you leave James Vince's 231 because <laughs> my intuition tells me that, you, uh, that you, you feel if it's not worthy of an asterisk, then it is certainly um, not your average 231 because it was against Leicester. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, my, my, my sense is that you, you're not rating Leicester's attack.
3: Not really, no. I didn't think the Leicester attack was had anything uh, that you'd be, you'd be frightened of, and that's no disrespect to Leicester. Um, I think Paul Nixon will do a fantastic job down at Leicester. Had them working hard, especially in white ball cricket, but it looked as though it was a little bit toothless on a yeah, pretty placid pitch. I don't know about you, Manners, but I get annoyed when I hear people get discarded and written off as young players. They go into international cricket at 20, 21, 22, 23, and they're actually better players than at 28. But they've got no chance of playing international cricket ever again because we just write them off. As pundits, they just write them off. Now he's got too many technical flaws. And I look at two guys, especially this week, possibly three, have been written off. Um, because they've got technical problems. And that's um, Wesley down at Essex, got a magnificent double hundred. Robson at Middlesex, who got 160 at loads. And then James Vince, again, the attack that he got the, uh, the runs against was, is something that he would have to prove to me to get more runs against a better attack. You look at who's in who's in Hampshire's group, possibly Middlesex with... You know Roland Jones and Murtar, and see how he goes on that one, and the Somerset attack with the over with with Craig Overton, then we 'll see where he gets to, but to see James Vince is back and should be paid for England, I go back to a long you know a while ago when everybody was clamoring for Kevin Peterson to come back, and I remember standing with Dominic Cork, who had a massive rant standing next to me saying. Leicester haven't won a game for two years, haven't bowled a team out for 20 wickets in two years, playing on a flat pitch at the Oval. Kevin Peterson gets 330 and everybody wants him back. No, just look at it in context. Not quite that bad for me with James Vince, but I think he needs to score runs against better bowling attacks for to be considered for to get back in that test spot, He's get his test spot back. Because what there is, for the three guys I've just mentioned, there is a place on offer. There is a place at one, two and three for England. If they don't start well in the summer, you know, the, 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 there is a possible opportunity to get back into that test team, especially with the Ashes coming up.
2: Our attention is obviously drawn towards the victories. And, and um, you know,
3: Sam Robson,
2: it was a long innings. Um, and we all know that uh, Chris Silverwood is a big fan of of occupying the crease and, and batting time as, uh, as well as runs. So another 100 from him or another couple of uh, big performances. And he might just... Uh, uh, be pushing for a place, uh, as you say, at the, at the top of the order in the top three. Um, but talking about batting time, how about Jake Libby? That was the second longest championship innings of all time. 180 not out, 496 balls, almost 11 hours. That's, uh, I mean, you know, it was a, a high-scoring draw, Essex Worcester, but
3: how about that for an innings? Absolutely. And a, a good start to the summer. That's what you want. You always want a good start to the summer. And that, for me has been the letdown over the course of the last sort of three or four years that the runs, the volume of runs from the, the top, the high run scorers, hasn't been to the level it has before. I remember playing when the likes of Graham Hick, Mark Rambakash, Steve James. I had 1,000 runs before the end of May. You've got a chance now. You've played seven championship games. And a lot of people talk about the weather and pitches. These pitches must be all right. There's a lot of runs scored. I'm mentioning about how poor the bowling, but yeah, Libby down at Worcester, it's a fantastic knock. It actually, when I seen that and 400 odd balls, it did actually put the you know the chills up me because I remember <laughs> playing against Joe Sear at Headingley on the flattest wicket in the world. We had we had a good pace attack, so Headingley Leeds decided to play on a on a flat one, a really slow, low pitch. And Joe Sears, I think he had four off 90 odd balls. He got a hundred and you got a big hundred off about four, nearly 500 balls. It was the longest three days of my entire life. So even though Libby batted four, 400 balls, well done, son. Good start to the summer because that's what you want. You want a good start. Don't want pressure because what if you don't go after do a good start, seven championship games in a short space of time at the start of the summer, you're always worried about your place. You're always worried about technique. If you can get off to 100, 150, 180 in Libby's terms, yeah, as a young player, you're, you're thinking, right, I'm looking forward and looking up as opposed to looking back and looking over my shoulder. So, yeah, good start. What do you make of the format? And, and for those, and I know that there are plenty of
2: people who are still slightly confused and don't quite know how it works. Let me just very briefly explain it. Three divisions of six teams, everybody plays each other in their division, home and away. So that's 10 games for everybody. And then the top two teams from each group go into Division 1, carrying over the points that they've played against each other. And they then play the four other teams who they haven't played in Division 1. The remaining 12 teams are separated into Division 2 and Division 3. Um, and the top two teams still play for the Bob Willis Trophy at Lords in over five days, starting on September the 27th. I hope I've explained that clearly. Uh, the team's have been divided into their three divisions in a random draw, haven't they? But in time, I believe the intention is for there to be genuinely three divisions on merit.
3: I'd like to think so, man it's, I quite like this, this system. Um, reducing, re- reducing the amount of Deers played is not trying, trying to lose cricket. You know, I, I, for me, I think the more cricket you play, sometimes it can be derogatory. You could go through the motions a little bit. You don't get, you know, positive good cricket in a post of the minute the way first class was it was a little bit of weak weak mentality weak cricket because well if i if i make a mess this week I'll, i'm batting again i'm batting again at the end of the next at the, at the start of next week where if you have less time less time in between uh, sorry more time in between games you've got better preparation there's more onus on value in your wicket or value in the spell that you're bowling so you know your concentration levels have got to be will be a lot higher because you've had a little bit more time to prepare, and you should, in theory, get better standard of cricket. And I think that's what we all want. What I like about this is it's starting to reduce it to a point. I know, know those people out there who want 16 first-class matches, I know they want 14 first-class matches. I'm not gonna steal Bumble's thunder. Bumble wants 10. Listening to Bumble, I want 10. I think it is right. I think 10 games. Will be perfect with a final at the end. And the way this system works is it will get the best teams into Division One, the next best teams into Division Two, the next best teams into Division Three. And then that will then slowly but surely make it, you know, five, clear five teams in your division. I like it. I really do. If it gets to that point where the best six teams, in the the country are playing against each other in 10 games going toe-to-toe with a final at the end. And then the teams are are striving to get into divisions from three to two and two to one. So for me, if it goes down that road, I think that's perfect for the standard of, hopefully the standard of first-class cricket in this country come one or two, possibly three years' time. And I think the way I spoke about Leicester before, I'm not trying to be patronising or derogatory towards them, but if Leicester start playing... And their players get used to winning matches and playing competitive cricket against players at teams at a similar standard and a similar ability, they will get better. They will get better, especially if they get more chance of preparation. If you're at a team that's bottom of the league all the time and you're playing one game every single week, it's a bit like heads down, shoulders slumped, confidence is gone. For me, that's no way at all to, to, to sort of play first-class cricket. Give them a chance of better pre- preparation. Give them a better pitches to play on. And give them a chance to play and a chance to win games. And I think, for me, that would be the best system to be.
2: Very quickly, before we go into the break, do you think it's marginalising first-class cricket? Um, now, of course, the 100 will dominate the middle of the summer, the, the, the best months of uh, the summer. And, and the championship's kind of being squeezed into,
3: well, sort of early spring. Do you think it's disrespectful? I think it is, but unfortunately that's the way the world's going. Um, I'm saying I want 10 games. I want 10 games because I don't want 14 games played in poorer conditions. And I think that's that's the reality of what we've got now. You can argue about the 100, you can argue about T20, you can argue about 50 overs, what format and what fits in, what, where and when. First class cricket for me has still got a high value because test cricket has got a high value. But I think you have to move with the times and unfortunately the moving with the times seems to be that white ball cricket dominates because of the, of the finances in the game. Um, and we still have to value test uh, red ball cricket for me. Let's get the best out of red ball cricket as opposed to overkill of the amount of deers played. So I don't, I don't like cutting down the games, but unfortunately the, the, way, the, the way the system is now working with white ball being more dominant I want the best format of red ball cricket. And I think the best format of red ball cricket is reducing the time on the field, giving them t- chance to better preparation and given you know, the, the, the better surfaces to play on. And if we do that, I think first-class cricket will, will get better rather than get worse. You're listening to the
2: Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we'll discuss how the England players fared uh, after, during round one of uh, the, the new championship season. But next up, We hear from everybody's favourite player, everyone's favourite all rounder, surely Darren Stevens, who turns 45 on the 30th of this month. Don't forget to get your birthday cards in. But when will he be calling it a day? Find out here on Talk Sport 2. listening to The Cricket Collective on Talks Board 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. It was a busy opening round of this season's county championship with 19 batsmen scoring three figures. One of those, of course, was Kent's Darren Stevens, who at 44 is, conti- is continuing to play some of the best cricket of his career. A little earlier today, he sat down with uh, Harmy uh, to look back at his unbeaten 116 against Northamptonshire and discuss what the future holds for the all-rounder who turns 45 later this month. One of my favourite quirks about uh, Darren Stevens is that he has now scored first-class centuries in four different decades.
3: steve it's great for you to, to join us. Um, 116, first day of the season against Northampton um 14 days before your 45th birthday i think there's a lot of us ex-pros not asking <laughs> why but i think asking how are you still playing
4: <laughs> mate, that's a very very good question and i think the uh, the big g word the guinness has a lot to do with the ponies <laughs> and their body but uh no man, i just you know i, th- I thrive on it i, I enjoy it and and you know, years, years of bowling sort of takes it out in your view. But that's where, you know, I didn't really start bowling until I was late 20s, early 30s. So, um, mm. you know, I bowled a lot in the nets and stuff like that. Um, but I reckon if I, was, if I was bowling when I was 21 when I started, I, I don't reckon I'd be walking now.
3: And the longevity, you, you know, how much a man's proud, i talking, you know, Neil Manthorpe earlier, and he was, he couldn't believe four decades. Longevity is ridiculous.
4: Yeah, look, like I say though, I think the, the the bowling's helped me a lot, and coming mm-hmm. on in the back end of my career, you know, it's helped me hugely. Where you know you you can get get away with it a little bit if you don't get any runs, you've always got a bat to to try mm-hmm. and um, or a, a, to have a bowl to try and get some wickets to sort of keep you in the game, keep you keep you interested. Um, you know, in the last few years, it's you know it's shown a little bit on my batting. It's um, it's took a bit of a hiding, but. You know, if you you think about all the pitches we've played on, and you know, if I've bowled twenty twenty five overs in an innings, and then I'm batting at five and six, I'm you know, some mornings I'm in it in yeah. the first twenty minutes, and it's like my body couldn't cope with it. But um, I, I think last year sort of helped me as well. And I, I know it's a it's not a great time for us all with the old COVID, but um, having you know only play six weeks of the year sort of sort of helped the body.
3: How's that been the COVID the COVID situation? Because there's a lot of talk about how this restructuring first-class cricket might benefit first-class cricket going forward. How has it been from a preparation point of view? Because you know, we just talked earlier before you came on here, talk about playing golf yeah. two weeks before the season. It was glorious sunshine and then the, yeah. the cricket started and it was freezing again. So how's the preparation been for that? It's been tough. Like
4: I said to somebody the other day, actually, I'm usually, um, I'm a very fortunate man. I've got a very understanding wife. <laughs> um, where I've had you know, this is the first February in 26 years I've been in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. so every year I've been away pre season, uh, taking myself away to Cape Town and and training out there. You know, lucky enough to um, have some close friends and family out there that look like I'm nicely, but um yeah the prep was was great then, but then you know this year it's been we've been indoors and doing one on ones where actually we've not really seen much of our teammates until you know mid February this year that's been it's been a strange one, and then you know all of a sudden we're boom back in together all at once and in your own little bubble and stuff like that but but uh, the games it's it's like a pre if you remember back to pre season games cold days. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing really on the game bar. You've got to be out there and get on your drivers and your legs to just sort of get used to it, where that's actually what the first-class games feel like a little bit. Until you get a couple whizzing around your ear rolls, then it's like, well, actually, no, I'm in a bit of a battle. Here. <laughs> but, um, you,
3: mentioned, you mentioned whizzing them around your ear roll and, and things like that. In the time you've you know, you played, have you made your debut in 97, I think it was, and then, yeah. you know, still playing, still playing now and some of the fantastic players you've played with. The eras you, uh, you know, the time span you've played. How do you yeah. see first-class ch- cricket changing? Because the way I look at it is, you, you sort of came in the game similar time to me. Some of the overseas players we played with were phenomenal, some ridiculous wow. ones. The first one I played were with was David Boone. I think you you yeah. might have played with someone like Steve War at at, uh, at Kent. But you know these characters, they're not there anymore. in, the, in, in first class, how would you see first-class cricket changed? Uh,
4: different like, i like this year because they've they've, they've added in two overseas yeah um obviously we know it's to help out the um the copac players in their final years but um you know we you still need that class of player the international touch you know because the international players now they're they're wrapped up quite a quite a bit now where you guys used to play you know week in week out um and you know that was that was great for you know people trying to trying to push for international honours. They're getting, getting to play against their peers that, that that are playing for England at the time. And then, obviously, like you say, the overseas that are coming in and playing. it's change, It has changed a little bit. I think the pitches over here have changed a lot more. Personally, I don't think the two divisions helped that, being that everybody in the second division was trying to get out of the second division and prepared green seamers. Yeah. And it helped, personally, I helped myself, people like myself, that bowl medium pace, hit the stumps where when we moved up into the first division, it was actually more of a patience game and more of an offside game. So I actually look at it as in the second division was an onside game, first division was an offside game and actually preparing you for um, higher honours, because that's generally what test cricket is. Um, so it's, it's changed, it's changed a little bit. And, you know, looking at the bigger picture, it's, it's helping, um, it's helping England produce our own cricketers, English cricketers. It's given more youngsters, more of a chance um, you know, I go to teams now and I look at the team and I've got no idea who some of them are.
0: Yeah,
4: are uh, the, the odd random person that I know, but, you know, there's so many youngsters coming through now and that surely can only be good for English cricket.
3: And you mentioned English cricket. I'm going to keep banging on about the age side of it. But Zach Crowley wasn't even born when you made your first <laughs> Um, uh, And to see the likes of Zach and Sam yeah, Billings do yeah. well for England coming from Kent. Um, yeah. It must be fulfilling, you know, even at the, the sort of the age you're at and the experience you've had to see some of these young players make mistakes, come back to see yeah. the likes of Rob Key and Darren Stevens in the Kent dressing room to then yeah. hopefully push them back onto the boat and get them back into into some sort of shape to go back and play and go for yeah. England honours.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, I'm proud to be a teammate and a friend to, to um, especially both of them two lads that you've just mentioned there, you know, Zach and Sam, I'm really close with. Um, you know, I'm proud. I'm proud to see them doing well, and like seeing my mate Joe Denley um, doing well. And fingers crossed, he can get a few big scores and push his case for uh, for the Ashes trip in the in the winter because I think he'll thrive on that. But then we've got, you know, look, we've got some really good youngsters coming through. A couple of nice scene bowls, Matt Milnes. Um, we've got all a Grant Stewart, um, gives it a good whack and bowls good pace. And then um, we've got a really exciting talent. Uh, in Jordan Cox the opener, and then um also Ollie Robinson, the keeper mm. uh, who got who got eighty last week played brilliantly um, so it's it's um it's really nice to see these boys doing well and I just hope they can they can kick on and learn and you know represent the country.
3: Absolutely. And where does, what do you, where does you see? Do you see Darren Stevens going into 46 and possibly 47? He keeps signing these one-year contracts oh. and I know the golf handicap has took a little bit of a hammer <laughs> off plus three at the minute, a and, but <laughs> Hey, where does, where, you know, what is, I know um, the of every day it comes, but where's Darren Stevens going?
4: I'd love to coach. Um, you know, I, I, I think, everybody that sort of if they've got it if they have it in them and they want to coach I think when they come out of the game I think that's a great time to sort of get people involved and personally I feel that if I go into coaching I'd want to do it straight away I I think if you go away from the game and then come back again I think you could lose track of it all so I'd look I would love to coach I've done my level three so you know I I do I love the conversations I have with the lads and because I'm tight with all the youngsters and even the senior players, you know, I'm, I'm always in conversation about batting and bowling and game situations and stuff like that. And I thrive on it, so I'm, I'm a bit of a cricket badger. I really enjoy that sort of stuff. So, yes, I would love to go down that front. Hopefully at Kent, but you, you just never know.
3: Darren Stevens, a young man at heart. You've got Yorkshire this week. Uh, the, old, the old White Rose, Joe Root, England captain, coming down to Canterbury. Another hundred wouldn't go amiss in front of the England captain, eh?
4: Well, I wouldn't mind having him in my back pocket, no, <laughs> would
3: you, would you Here's one for you. Would you rather get a hundred in front of him or get him out very, very early bowling?
4: Oh, oh, that's a good
2: question. I'll take. Can I take? Can I take fifty and Nicky Moth
3: and Nicky Moth?
2: <laughs> that was the evergreen Kent all-rounder Darren Stevens speaking with. With uh, Steve Harmison, Harmy, um, you know that I'm obsessed with uh, with long- longevity in, in sport. I mean, it's 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 just a topic that um, I think it probably goes back to the fact that when I when I started uh, as a 20 year old in this business, uh, it was at Warwickshire and Norman Gifford was playing uh, for for the Bears, having uh, spent most of his career with Worcestershire, of course, and he was he was 47 going on 48. Um, and to me, as a young 20-year-old, he was the oldest man on earth. I just couldn't get my head around the fact that he was playing first-class cricket at, at 48. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. And and that's why I'm just so fond of Darren Stevens. I mean, he he makes you shake his head. doesn't You just cannot imagine playing at 45.
3: No, definitely not at 45. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see Steve-O play and batting as well. You know, I had to talk about your, when you get older, you're you, you, you fast to twitch fibers move, you know, they get slower. You, you slow down a bit, not one bit of it. Darren Stevens, he seems to have got better and better. I remember playing against him in, I think 97 or 98. Um, And the one thing about Darren Stevens, he's always played the short ball very, very well. Um, And you, you, you look at the way he's, he looked after himself, you know, a very keen golfer, um, good golfer as well. A lot of exercise, not somebody you'd say, you know, I, I think, you know, Steve O would be somebody who didn't enjoy the the warm up side coming from Kent with the likes of Rob Key and people like that. He's had a he, he's had a great time. He's had a fantastic time. And like I mentioned about the young kids, young Libby before, and you know, some of the younger young players that get hundreds in the first week of the county championship. Darren Stevens is no different, you know, whether he's you know, whether he's or 45, he will still he's got a big value in the Kent dressing room he'll want to get off to a good start and getting 100 on the first game, first day of the season is, is magnificent for him. And, you know, you look at the, the bowling attack that Northampton have got, it's not a bad attack. You know, Nathan Buck got three or four wickets, got a bit, got a bit of pierce, slowing down a little bit, but not as quick as he, what he used to be when he was probably when he was at Lancashire. But, you know, he's still got a, a yard of pierce. And, you know, good on Steve-O because, you know, I've been critical of the type of bowling of Darren Stevens, 70 mile an hour, playing on these, on these greenish pitches. Well, I look at this, it just seems that the the wickets have been flat this week. So you have to be a you know a top level batsman to, or a top level bowler to get wickets. And I think that's what's been let down from a, the first round of the championship that I've seen. And the batting has, has, has been very, very good because the pitches must be very, very good. And good on Darren Stevens for doing that.
2: You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket, Next up, we'll uh, look back at a mixed opening round of the county championship for the England players. And we'll also hear from Glamorgan's Billy Root, who scored an unbeaten 100 against his brother. Actually scored the, uh, the, the runs that brought up his 100 against uh, England's test captain, Joe Root. You'll hear from
1: him next. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
5: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on.
5: for 20% off your first system.
2: You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthelpe and Steve Harmison, as we review the opening round of the County Championship. If you've missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast now available from the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Time now to reflect on probably a mixed week uh, for, the, uh, for, the, for the prominent England Test players. I don't think Anybody could uh, have done too much damage uh, after just one round of championship matches. They'll be hoping to get into form as we move into uh, the third, fourth and fifth rounds of uh, the championship. But um, Joe Root made just 29 in both innings uh, for Yorkshire against Glamorgan. Don Bess struggled, none for 106. Rory Burns uh, made 74 for for Surrey. Ollie Pope struggled. Ben Fokes made 130. Dom Sibley are typically uh, gritty innings for Warwickshire, 29 off 100 balls. Uh, w- what England performances struck you, Harmy?
3: Yeah, I think, I think when you haven't been in this position before and coming back off a tour and then going straight back into the, the county stuff, you put it into context, I would say, especially the ones that played test match cricket for England in, in the winter in India, I would have said that maybe just had a week of, of cricket going into this, so i 'd look at maybe next week the week after if if the if the guys the, the, the top top order of England, especially Burns, Sibley and Crawley who are probably playing for their place um, at the top of the order if they're not scoring runs by round three, then I'd question you know how much uh, how much good formula you know they're in and is a question marks on their place i wouldn't look too much into it as of um, as of this round of county championship. I remember many, many times getting off a of plane, sort of mid-March, early March, mid-March, having going, having to go and play a first-class cricket at the start of April, only going to the ground to do the media media call, probably bowling, having two nets before the first first-class game. And it wasn't until possibly game two or game three where you feel as though you've got your miles in your legs. You're now getting your miles in your legs in the middle as opposed to just in nets. So I, I don't look too much into it. You know, the, when I, when you look at players that are trying to get in the side, that's what I'd be I'd be more looking at now because they're the ones that have had a possibly a winter off. They're the ones that will see that you know what, there's a test spot up grabs here. I can get into that one, two or three if you know, the the ones that are in possession aren't scoring any runs. So the likes of Vince, not done himself any harm. Wesley, double 100, not done himself any harm. Sam Robson, same, 160, not done himself any harm. Young Bracey, who's been away, got 54. Again, somebody who has has carried a lot of drinks. They're the ones I'd be looking at to say, right, if the likes of Crawley, Burns and Sibley don't get runs, who's knocking on that door? Who has got it in them to go and get 400s out of the first... Seven championship games, and if they do, they've got a chance potentially of breaking into this England side. Because I personally think the England cricket team one to eleven will come from first class cricket when it comes to playing against New Zealand, rather than the IPL players coming back. I think, especially if they go on to the latter stages. So there is a lot of places up for grabs from an, from the England point of view. What about the bowlers?
2: You, you mentioned the batsman there, and it's clear that uh, there are places in the top order in particular uh, up for grabs, but somebody like Reese Topley took five for 66 against yeah. uh, for, for Surrey. I mean, is he thinking, well, it'll be Broad and Anderson and, and well, maybe not works because he's in the RPL, of course. But, I mean, uh, you know, does Reece Topley uh, have enough incentive there and belief that uh, if he keeps taking
3: FIFAs he can force his way in? I think Rhys Topley's just got to stay fit, Manners. I, think, I don't think there's any question. I don't think I've sat in this programme and, and questioned his selection a couple of times for the winter winter tours, and it was down to fitness more than anything else. Rhys is a fantastic young cricketer, and I'd say a young cricketer. He's been around a while. It's a bit like a Tim Bresnan, where you, you look at, you, you think, right, he's been around forever, and you look at his age, and he's only 26. He's been around a, a, a long, long time, to be fair, Reese Topley. So I think for Reese, his is body filler, you know, getting to a point where can he bowl overs consistently, come back tomorrow and bowl them again? And I think if he does that, he's, his skill level is fantastic. You know, we showed in the winter. He's got, he's got a good skill level, tall, six foot. His dad told us he's six foot eight. I thought he was six foot five. Um, and he's got, you yeah, he's got a, enough pace to get the ball to move and, and, and swing. So now I'm pleased for, I'm pleased for the big fella. And, you know, if he gets wickets, it's another another knock on the door. You know, you'd, you'd imagine the test match. It's going to be Broad, Anderson, Wood. They'll probably play in the first test match with ear spinner, Jack Leach, what do he get? He he got one for 43 off 22. He got three for 18 off 11. So not bad for, for Leach, you know, cold fingers getting, getting going. Uh, young Mason Crane, a little bit expensive, but a wicket taker. He's been away a lot this winter, uh, three wickets in each innings for, for, for Mason Crane. Gregory got, got wickets and who's been away with England. And so did Craig Overton. He got five in the match for, you know, for in that, that they're the ones that you look and think who's going to knock on, on the door. So, I fully expect England to have Broad, Anderson, Wood, Leach, possibly another all-rounder in that middle order. That will be the bowling attack. But there's people got to knock on the door. And when you've not got Stokes, they potentially have to play another out-and-out bowler um, and fiddle around with the baton because you you know how much Stokes balances that England side up. So... Um, if I was playing first-class cricket and I was on the cusp of the England side, that would be my goal. Not so much can I get into the team, can I get on the plane to Australia in nine months' time? Well, Absolutely. it was a difficult
2: week, um, as we've mentioned, for for Joe Root, scoring just 29 runs in both innings uh, against uh, Glamorgan for, for Yorkshire. So on the flip side, it was a very good week for his younger brother, Billy, who scored an unbeaten 110 against his older brother as they began the season with a draw. Early on, he spoke to Harmy uh, to discuss what it was like playing against his older brother, as well as looking ahead to the rest of 2021.
3: Boo, thanks for joining us. Uh, interesting week last week. First of all, um, how was mum ma- and dad? For, for anybody that doesn't know, listener, mum and dad you know, followed... You know, the Root brothers everywhere through from under sixes all the way through. And to have Billy against Joe at Headingley would have been something they could have only dreamt of. But unfortunately, they couldn't be there.
5: I mean, it must have been a special week for them. You know, and I'm sure I know they're incredibly proud of Joe. And it was nice for me to go up there where it all started for me, where they were taking me up from Sheffield to to Headingley, you know, week in, week out. Um, really special for me, not only to play my first championship game there, but you know also, you know to get a couple of runs. To, it was nice to play against Joe, and you know for Glamorgan to be on the on the good side of the win, taking the most points there was. It was really special week for me personally, yeah.
3: And for you, so last year, you know, a few hundreds last year. Um, a different different championship season, you know, the, the way the COVID was, where world is. It's not the you know the, the the two divisions. It was a different different season last year. How you found it in down in the in the Welsh capital?
5: I, I absolutely love it down here, mate. The people are great, J- very similar to the north, you know, very friendly, yeah. and you know I, I've been welcomed in as soon as I came down here, and uh, you know it's been great ever since. And it's such a great squad to be involved in, and you know everyone's sort of pulling in the right direction, and it's great to see. Everyone enjoying everyone's success. You know, there's everyone's cheering each other on, and it, the bowlers are so excited for the batters to score hundreds, and the, the batters equally excited. To, you know, when the bowlers take wickets, so it's a great environment to be a part
3: of. And for yourself personally, when the fixtures came out, Headingley first game of the season. How long you've been excited and waiting for this to walk out at? What is your your where where you grew up home really in it?
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, I've I've wanted to. I've grown up. Dreaming of scoring 100 at Headingley as a little boy. So, incredibly special. And, uh, you know, that, that, that stadium has changed a lot since I first went to watch a game there. And,
1: uh, you know, it,
5: it looks great now. And it, it was a real joy to spend the week there.
3: You go to Headingley, you find out, you're, you know, he's, he's 18 months older than you, but you're, your older brother's playing against you, whether people consider living in your brother's shadow or whatever, your Billy Root forging your own professional and, and first class career but how special was it to walk on the field even though you're in opposition to uh, to your brother?
5: Yeah, I, I think a lot of the guys will have felt something similar because although he's my big brother, he's also one of the best players in the world Yeah. so to take the field against a, a player of that quality is, is special and you know everyone out there can be proud of the way we performed on that stage in front of the England captain, it was just a little bit extra special for me, whether he's playing against me or not. Every time I go out there, I, I'm trying to make him proud as well as mm. the rest of my family and, and, and myself. And uh, it, it was really special to play against him. And, you know, because of these times, it was just really nice to see him.
3: Yeah, yeah. I suppose you you go you, you can you can go with your mum and dad and with your know, grandma and granddad. And the only chance you can get to see your brother is actually by playing against them on a cricket field. So it's mad the way the world is. But you, you talk about you know talk about you know the first class season the weird is, um and headingly you know like it is. But when you play in a game and you know forget you know the brothers' situation of it when you when you go on the field as an opposition and one of the best players in the world in that dressing room or on that field. Did you see a marked difference in the Glamorgan players? You know, not just looking at how he performs, but also potentially about half nine in preparation when your lads are warming up, just having a glance over to think, oh, I wonder how you know, the best players pre- prepare for, for, for a day's cricket.
5: Yeah, absolutely. there's a lot of that that goes on as well. You know, when you, you play against various counties and everyone prepares differently. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys were sort of like keeping an eye out or even asking him questions, you know, how, how do you go about these sorts of things? Or off spinners, sort of asking Bessie questions about off, how half he bowls leading up to a game. And I, I think it's really important when we get those opportunities to, you know, pick the brains of these, these world-class players.
3: And Billy Root going forward, have you, have you already tapped him on the shoulder and said, if I get a couple more of these, I might play in your team, England captain? <laughs>
5: No, I I haven't, actually. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's got a full team doing all those things. And there's so many good players out there at the minute. You know, for me, that's always been a dream. But uh, it's one step at a time and and game by game for me at the minute.
2: Glamorgan's Billy Root speaking with Harmy. there. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. And in the final part of the programme, we'll look at some of the standout performances from the opening round of the new season. You're listening to TalkSport 2. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. A strong week for the batsmen, as we've mentioned, with 19 different players scoring centuries. Um, Four bowlers picking up uh, five wicket hauls, And in the final part of the show, we'll uh, discuss some of the other standout performances of the week. Harmy, I don't think we've done Somerset enough justice uh, for their victory over uh, Middlesex. I mean, they were so far behind, weren't they? But 89 for nine in their first innings before... Making 170 um, with uh, some some runs actually from Marchant de Lange, the South African fast bowler. Um, but that, that, I mean, does that say as much about the I don't know team spirit, um, the, the the attitude, the approach of the Somerset group?
3: I think it does, manners. I think it shows that they're, they're in a, even though they haven't played for nearly six months. There's a winning mentality in that dressing room. They got to the final last year. They're still having Still haven't won the county championship after all these years, but they've come close on, on, on many occasions. And the fighting spirit, like you say, the winning from winning from all all places, that sticks with you in the dressing room. Uh, even though you've had a little bit of a layoff, you know, the, the mentality is, is still the same when you go out on a pitch. And I must admit, I thought I thought they were they were dead in the water. Robson gets a, a fantastic hundred, which we've touched on um and you're you thinking hold on yeah Middlesex could could roll them over and go in again and roll them over again so you know a fair play to Somerset again they'll be looking to get into that division one group first of first and foremost they're in a group which you'd fancy them to to potentially get there because once Surrey players disappear and start playing international cricket that's where they've Surrey got the strength and depth at the back end of the 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 championship to to force their the way into that Division One. Same with the sort of Hampshire. So no, no, they were they were they were very very good. Yeah, you know, Leach we touched on who, you know, you got you know, he got four wickets in the match, but it would be it good bowling at Lords. No real turn, but when you bowl at Lords, you've got the slope, so it's like the ball turning as well. So he he got a good run out. What he got he got you know 35 over 34 overs in his belt. so no no it was a it was a good start for good start for somerset in a, a results group a group that mm. had all three three games results so that's the biggest thing that you need you need to pick up wins you know draws are no good if everybody else in your group's winning especially when you're playing you're not, you're not playing as many games and you're trying to force your way into into division one so a good start especially against one of the, the more favoured teams in that group you know you 've got Leicester and Gloucester who, even though Gloucester beat Surrey, would probably struggle to win the volume of matches to get in the top two. Somerset could definitely get into that top two and um, you know what a start they've they 've got off to at Lords
2: You mentioned Surrey twice there that was going to be my next question to hmm. you um, well, you know the richest county in England, one of the richest cricket clubs in the world, they can sign. They, could sign, they can sign anybody, really. They've, well, they've got the cash resources to do so. Uh, do you remember a couple of years ago when they signed Virat Kohli? I mean, injury um, meant that he, he never took up his place in the Surrey lineup. But I, I'm curious that, that they decided to use up one of their overseas player spots on Hashim Amla. I mean, he, he's retired from international cricket for a, a couple of years now, has played very little cricket. He did make 50 in the first innings, but a, a second innings duck the feeling certainly amongst South Africans was that he retired would we'll say politely at the right time, maybe a little bit too late. Um, you know, he, he was completely out of sorts of the 2019 world cup and he's, he's quite long in the tooth as well as long in the beard. And I, I just wonder why Surrey would have gone for him. And was it, are they signed him on reputation?
3: Possibly reputation, but also on what he gives you in a, in a dressing room. That's, huge for me and if he can score runs it's not so much a bonus he's there to score runs because that's what you 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 sign your overseas for but I don't know Hashim too much played against him you know quite a bit he is he's somebody that works on his game he's somebody that he's not somebody that would set a bad be a bad influence he was not somebody that set a bad example he sets good examples his work ethic is is very very good and I think for young players that for me is, is worth the weight and goal because the young players give you energy. The young players around you will give you enthusiasm. And if they're just little tweaks and know-how off you know, one of the grits of the game, because he has been, he's been a fantastic servant for South African cricket, batting in the middle order with somebody like Oli Pope would give him you know, huge confidence and experience. Um, and I go back to, to during my time, there was a lot of question marks on on and Chandapurl. In the West Indies cricket, a lot of dis- disillusioned stuff. Whether has he finished? Has he gone? Is he at the age He's at he came over to Durham and he was magnificent. He didn't, he just didn't look like not scoring runs. He was fantastic. And the players that bounced off, him, we won the championship in 2008, just got over the line down at Canterbury. We won it with four games to spare. We beat everybody. We were arguably with a bone attack we had in Shiv Ryan Chander Paul, Dio Benkenstein, and Michael DiVinito. You know that's arguably as good a, a good a first class side that's been in the last fifteen twenty years of of, of first class cricket. But Chanderpaul give gives the young lads not only a lot of confidence, but batting with him in the middle and not panicking, being in the middle in tough situations. And that's what Shiv give the likes of Mark Stoneman, you know, Scott Bothwick, who went on. They've gone on and played played for England. These these guys. They, they give you more than just runs, and I think that's what Amler will give that Surrey dressing room. Yes, he he needs to to chip in, and you'd want him to get expect him to get a thousand runs. And playing at the Oval, you'd expect him to get a thousand runs, yeah, quite comfortably. But there's also other things that that these guys give you. That's why Gareth Batty's playing at 42. The, you know, you you live with bats. You know the enthusiasm that bats gives, the know-how, the They clip around the ear every now and again when a a little, you know, jumped up little upstart decides that he's going to be a Bubby station because he's got a Surrey tracksuit on. These things, these things do help. And they, they just keep that train going in the right direction. It doesn't deviate. It keeps it going. And these guys are there just to hold it in line. Still got pride in their personal performance, but they're making sure that, you know, the bus is going in the right direction. The young lads will give us enthusiasm and energy and every now and again when it comes to possibly getting tough runs you'll see amla get tough runs you he might, might not he might not get you know the, the, the pretty runs when nobody's watching no more tough runs and another example why is Alistair cook still playing first class cricket there was nothing more it, i could have put my mortgage on Alistair cook getting a hundred in the bob willis trophy final last year at lords because when it comes to big games tough runs that's why these guys were so so special and i think that's what Suri and Alex Stewart, Vic Slanky and and Bats are hoping that's what AMLO gives to that dressing that Dresdenham.
2: I'm going to get you to finish by looking ahead to the second round of championship matches. But just before you do that, um, we've had news that Jofra Archer is fit to, to resume training. A couple of days ago, Kumar Sangakara said that he would not be rushed back into the IPL before he was ready and, and fit now i believe kumar sangakara the the person and i believe kumar sangakara the cricketer but kumar sangakara the director of cricket for the rajasthan royals i do not believe <laughs> i cannot believe i mean the whole purpose of rajasthan royal season was to get um, chris morris and, and Jofra archer bowling together and of
3: course he's going to be rushed
2: back into the team isn't
3: he well, you'd, you'd think so. After watching them last night, I did the IPL um, preview show with John Norman the other day, and I said the the, the, the Rajasthan Royals home players, the Indian players, are the be the ones that I'd be look questioning. And, and Sonu Sampson got a fantastic hundred, but I said the bowling attack looks toothless without without Archer. It looks toothless. I'd have, I'd have tried to sign Mark Wood. I did say that. I'd try to sign Mark Wood as a replacement for the first four or five games, if that if that's what needs to be. Rajasthan Royals are desperate to get Jofra Archer back. And I think the minute that Jofra Archer can let go of the ball, I think we'll see him in a pink and blue shirt. We'll see him on our TV. And fingers crossed for Jofra. He's getting Rajasthan to, to win in the games because I'd love to see, because of the English connection, Joss and Ben, you know, Liam Livingston, that, that's out there playing for Rajasthan, for, for, for And I think Jofra Archer in their team just completely changes the dynamics of the Rajasthan Royals. And I think that was so, so apparent last night. They will score runs quickly, but they're going to have to score runs quickly without Archer because they're going to be chasing some monumental totals.
2: Okay, quickly then, second round of the championship, which streams are you going to be uh, logging on to?
3: Um I'm hoping I'd love I, I don't know what the, the England boys which England boys are back playing. Um it'd be interesting to see if Broadie's back. Brody would go to Trent we have home ground, Trent Bridge against Sibley, Warwickshire. That might be a decent battle. Broad with a brand new ball against uh, Dom Sibley, who will try and leave him as much as he possibly can. That will be good. Crawley against Root down at down at Canterbury, if, if Joe's in the in the uh, in the in the Yorkshire side to go down there. Yeah, you know, would Jimmy play at Jimmy play at um, at Lancashire against Northampton, Hampshire, Middlesex? That's a, that looks a, a good game. Durham, Essex looks a good game. And uh, I hate to do this, but the Surrey boys, if you're going to try and fill your boots, well, you have played at the Oval against the Leicester bowling attack, which didn't really hit their straps in the first game. So they'll be hoping Leicester and Paul Nixon will be getting at them hit their straps in the second game because there's some big scalps for the Leicester bowlers there at a magnificent ground now at the Oval um, against some England boys.
2: And finally, congratulations to you, Hamid, because uh, if any listeners don't know, I think it is worth mentioning that you shot 73 in your first round after lockdown.
3: After how many months off the course? Was it three months off the course? manners i've 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 shot more than seventy three in front nine every single time I've played since <laughs> <laughs> I'm hitting it, well, honestly um that deer that deer I was hitting the ball nicely after then I was hitting the ball like I was bowling a white ball I was all over the shop I tell you it was uh' been poor been poor well keep working on your game. <laughs> Thanks Harmy.
2: That uh, this has been the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 and our review of the opening weekend of the County Championship season. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you know what to do. You can download the following on podcast now available via the free Talksport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Talksport 2.